She was working in a bridal shop in Flushing, Queens, till her boyfriend kicked her out in one of those crushing scenes. What was she to do? Where was she to go? She was out on her family. So over the bridge from Flushing to the Sheffield's door, she was there to sell makeup, but the father saw more. She had style, she had flair, she was there. That's how she became the nanny. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. Again, we've shelved G.I. Joe for the time being because it's the reason for the season. It's Christmas specials. This is our first Christmas special of the year, and I am very, very excited about it. We picked a, a, a slightly obscure one, but it still absolutely fits our theme. We are talking about the nanny animated holiday special from 1995, so it it, it, it hits the zone. But this is No Way Half the Podcast, and I am Race to Canis. Is this obscure? I feel like it was one of the biggest shows of the, yeah, I don't dude. know, You don't know 1960s? the meaning of the word obscure. I don't know. This was nominated for like nine Emmys. Fran Drescher, like it won an Emmy one year. Fran Drescher uh, got nominated for like five five Emmys for Best Actress. Like this let's, show was huge. Let's just drill down to that real quick. Twelve nominations one win for best costume in like their first or second season. Oh, is so, that it? You know, that's yeah. it. You're looking at the page right now. Uh, no, I remember looking at it earlier, but the oh. thing is like the show, not that great. Yeah. It was a I, popular show. I, it's a character driven sitcom, you know? Yeah. I only, I only watched it a handful of times. It wasn't really my thing, but it was for what it was. It was, it was good. It was a good, you know, like middle of the road sitcom. It was cool that she created this character, created the show based on her life with her, un- unfortunately now ex-husband who gets part of her money still for all the, all the episodes that air, which sucks. Uh, I mean, was, wasn't he like an EP and or showrunner? Or yeah, but that's like, that's always like what, like, didn't what, he do a major amount of work on this show? <laughs> uh, I mean, it was her idea and like, he still gets money for it. I mean, if he did a lot of, if he was the showrunner, then yeah, he should. I, don't <laughs> I mean, he, look. I don't think he was the showrunner. That's oh, okay. That's a, well, look, that's so, a very different job than just being like an executive, than just having your name as a, an executive producer. Well, sure. Uh, he, so, he realistically probably did nothing. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna do a hot take on the nanny 1995. <laughs> well, look, this uh, is right. the nanny I'm was Robert one of Clark the biggest Kane. shows. No, whatever you, you lost it. <laughs> You've lost it. Look, so the nanny was one of the biggest uh, sitcoms, TV shows of the nineties, especially mid nineties. Absolutely. Uh, and the thing about why I say it's obscure is I didn't know they did an animated Christmas special. So that's why I said obscure because yes, mean it's the obscure, show is known. Ray. This that episode maybe not as well known. Look, you just because you don't you haven't seen something and don't know it doesn't mean it's obscure. Otherwise, ninety percent of all facts would be considered obscure. Well, that's all absolutely true. Look, facts are hard to come by in the year twenty twenty. <laughs> Let's put that out there. But what I would just say is, like, if I've never heard of it, and I'm familiar with the nanny to a point, like, I think Fran Drescher is delightful, a wonderful, wonderful actress and great performer, uh, and also star of uh, UHF, the Weird Al movie, which is where I knew her from. Yeah, who doesn't like Fran Drescher? So happy to see that. Yeah, everyone, I mean, here's the deal. I I bet you there are people that do not, Chan. We'll talk about it. You don't like Fran Drescher? What's wrong with you? She's a goddamn delight aesthetically here okay so here here's my basic get into deal. It. let's get into it i thought this was not too bad 
Um, it, it, it was very, it, it was very well put together. I really do not care for that aesthetic of, um, uh, of the sort of whiny entitled, um, uh, Jewish woman. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, and, I, like I, obviously intentionally, thing, you know, our voice is intentionally grading and sort of thing, but. But also she was like the, the, I mean, you could say like Lucille Ball was sort of the first one who did that, who did that like whiny, whiny woman shtick. Uh, but she, w- but you know, Fran Drescher was sort of the first of the, like they had, I remember watching friends and they had Janice on and I just thought, Oh, this, this is like a poor man's version of Fran Drescher. Uh, I also hate friends go on. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I love friends. I'm just saying uh, uh, she was at least, at least she sort of did it. She was one of the first sure. to do it. And also like, you know, props to props. To, it's, you know, nowadays now that i know a thing or two it's insanely hard to like she basically came up with a character came up with a show pitched it and sold it and said i'm starring in it like that's right. uh, that's almost impossible so i like i give her mad props for doing that no and also like it's not nothing a, but res- nothing but respect for fran drescher and like i said the the show itself you is hate fran drescher. it is what it is uh, why are you planning on I, murdering fran drescher I have been stalking her. Yes, it's true. Completely unrelated to her work on The Nanny, which I still well, I find, you know, I still have a great deal of respect for. Um, but I, yeah. you know, I don't know. Just, Is it that hard, though? Because in the 90s, it felt like they were giving any comedian, uh, anybody, they were getting their own show. Yeah, and, and but none of them of were them, working out. But how many of them lasted? That's that's I mean, that's an, what I'm going to say. And also, kid. how Look, many of I mean, them were women? Here's, like, uh, like uh, Reba? Reba. Yeah. Reba got a show. Yeah, I can't. I she's can't. Even, she's a country I know singer. people who worked on that show, so I can't say anything about it. Uh, but <laughs> Fran, Fran Drescher seems like a lovely human. And That's fair enough. Maybe, maybe other people don't seem like lovely humans. Yeah, she's <laughs> she, no. She really has that Ellen DeGeneres quality—a great human being, somebody who must be a joy to work. Oh, sick burn. <laughs> Wait, what? What am I missing? Anyway, so this show opens. This show is called "Oi to the World." Ha ha! Get it. And Chan, I have to assume you approve of the theme song of the nanny. It hits every single note of things you say you're looking for. Um, I assume this is a like a Christmas version of the th- normal theme song. No, nope. correct. Nope. No, it's, it's a normal. It's, that was it's the a normal, normal theme, theme song. song. Yeah. Wait a minute. With can we the hear, jingles can we hear and all a little that? bit of it. Oh, uh, I mean, the oh, Lord, she had style. She had that. She was there. That's how she became the nanny. I did not hear any. That's the normal one. She was working in a bridal shop in Flushing, Queens, till her boyfriend kicked her out in one of those crushing scenes. Like, yeah, you hear the jingles. They added the 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 jingles at the beginning, but the the everything else is 100% the same. The same, yeah. I see. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Yeah, it's a, it's a, I mean, again, it's not my. it's not my oeuvre. It's not my preferred genre. Yeah. But it did all it was supposed to do. So, like, yes. I, uh, I yeah, yeah. It, 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 it explained who the characters job. were. It was upbeat and, and 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 jingly. And it was it was a delight. I mean, like, I'm well, listening to that song. And halfway through, I'm like, this hits every one of Chance's criteria of a good <sighs> theme song. And then I, will yeah. say I come that to bring it little... to the show, and you're just like, I don't know. 
<laughs> it's much weirder to have that uh this is a person that does this and then they go do this and they met these two people when it's a live action versus a cartoon um yeah. like it feel like it feels like the brady bunch of very old school throwback kind of um like we are going to ram this goddamn premise down your throat and you're going to take it all every last wow. bit of it and we're going to wow. keep giving you more oh and damn as far as theme songs go i agree turn. with jan that, that that you know this this is not my like nothing about the show is my jam i would never i would maybe put it on in the background when i clean but it's not uh uh you know it's not it's not my style of of sitcom uh but for what it is i think it's good i think it's good it's not my bag but i i think it's 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 good i'm actually kind of interested uh yeah i've I've never watched the sitcom so i don't know uh but it it feels like some of the rhythms of the show uh work function better in a live action context um in this animated uh context it comes off a little bit like a uh version of the flintstones but because you know that there's like sort of a a real world counterpart to it it you kind of like see physical fran drescher with that rhythm and it being like real muggy because there's a lot of like yeah just straight up takes to the camera and you know like if a person were to look into the camera and talk you'd be like parker lewis and if you if it wasn't parker lewis you'd be like get the fuck off my tv yeah it's it's it was more slapsticky but she does do a lot of the sitcommy asides she doesn't she doesn't usually do them to the camera but she does sort of she does figured always, that yeah always, yeah, and always you know, to be do fair, the asides. and if it if it isn't parker lewis you look right at him back and you say look you can lose <sighs> we had already moved on ray like you, i wasn't you, ready you put to put that one in the chamber and you were like no no yeah. we're not, no i'm gonna drag this show back just so i can bring this thing out i'll be honest it was uh, it was worth worth every penny <laughs> your defeated reactions made it all good to me <laughs> that's what i live on um okay so uh, a weird opening here because um, the the live action characters watch themselves on TV as an animated version, and then we zoom into the TV to take over with the animated version, and that was a little weird, a little meta. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not here for it, but it was just it was a little bit strange. And what I appreciated was the opening as they start just kind of like feeling this out and like this is an animated show. You're kind of catching how we're doing this. You know, they're kind of introducing the reintroducing the characters again and everything, but they're playing Charlie Brown style music from like the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving and Halloween specials uh, uh, and Christmas special even. And it just, to me, it's, it had the beats and takes of a Charlie Brown, which I thought was a real fun, weird way to start because it didn't stay there, but it started there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of liked that they started live action. I actually wish, you know, once I watched the episode, like anyone who's seen the community claymation Christmas episode, it's, it's, there's parts of it that are live action and it explains why they're claymation. And it's basically because Abed is, is, is having a mental break. Uh, and he's he's imagining everyone in this sort of Rankin Bass style claymation because it's his it's his safe happy place and they need to go in and and sort of play their parts because otherwise he'll have an even more serious mental break. So wasn't they, that they... the exact plot line of the GI Joe episode? <laughs> 
it you know it was uh uh i forget they're similar for sure uh but it makes more sense with abed because he's he he has an, an unusual brain to begin with uh but in this they just they just are like okay this is an animated episode and they have a perfect built-in thing which is that very quickly in the episode the uh Fran Drescher hits her head mhm and then at the end of the episode she's you know it's it's revealed that sort of oh was this was this all a dream so i don't understand why they didn't start it in live action have her hit her head and okay. then turn it animated sort of you know like what? in sort of like in the wizard of oz when dorothy is in oz when she's in that sort of dream of oz it's in color and her real world is in black and white that's a really good idea. And thinking out loud, yes, that's exactly how they should have done this. But I can only assume they just wanted to get it as animated as possible because it did yeah. take a while to get to the head hit um, because we have a whole bit here where they do a human pyramid to put the star on the tree. Obviously, you can't do that live action nearly as well, but it makes yeah. perfect sense in an animated. And that's where they were trying to establish like this is an animated, you know, a uh, 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 Looney Tunes kind of a world where the physics and world of physics don't apply anymore. So we, we kind of we wanted to set the table for that right away. But then here's the thing. Then they don't need the head hit. Like they no, don't they, they don't need like like basically it's either start out live action. She hits her head and then she's she's dreaming that they're in a cartoon because she has a concussion or just have it be, you know, a cartoon world and this is the reality and she meets Santa Claus and, and this and that. Like you don't you don't need the premise of it starts out as a cartoon and then she hits her head and it's still a cartoon. It's just an yeah. odd it's it was an odd choice, uh, you know, and, and I just think that the writers could have could have been like, all right, let's just have a 30 second thing where the kid's a spoiled brat. And so she goes to the to the shelter to introduce him. She hits her head and she imagines this whole thing. And then when she comes out, I would have I would have liked that better because it would have had some sort of logic to it or it would be gr- this grounded feels in reality. like something it feels like something that a, a a network person told them uh that uh they had to establish uh that this was a show about the nanny in the air quotes real world and then we can move to a fantasy world um uh and they didn't want uh a live action thing at the beginning because it would uh, confuse people too much. Also, yeah. this is the nineties and people were much easier to confuse obviously because <laughs> the show was on the air as but, was friends. I mean, it's also, po- it's Great also shows. possible, I guess who knows that this might've been th- that they might've been shopping around an animated nanny around this time. And, and they said, we'll show you what it looks like. Uh, my partner, Louis, I don't know why we don't have one. My partner swore that there was a nanny animated series that maybe even ran three or four seasons so i don't know if they're from the mandela world or uh if in fact you know it does exist and it's been scrubbed from all the wikipedias and what have you because it was so uh, bad yeah i don't i don't have any memory of that uh uh, looking it up right now guys no but Y'all it does, are from I mean, the Berenstein world, so <laughs> you, I, I don't trust no, you. No, I'm Berenstein. No, it's Berenstein. Berenstein. Come on. B-Bears. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, so as Gina was saying, like we have a whole bunch of bits. We introduce a bunch of the characters a- in the beginning, and they're all kind of just playing versions of themselves. It's very cheeky. 
Um, they're, you know, they're putting the star on the tree. And then the, the little kid, the little boy is a brat. And he's just like, man, I want presents. I don't want to give them. I just want to get them, man, which is great. Yeah. And so, you know, oh, I love that incel. And so they just, she says, you know what? We're just going to go to the homeless shelter right now, which is apparently just, I, I, I've never lived in New York, but like, you just like go to the homeless shelter. Like everybody knows where it is and you just show up there and say, give me, give me a, give me a ladle. Let's take care of this thing. Like, I don't understand. Like you if you were to tell me right now, at, uh, by the way, Ray just outed himself as never having volunteered anywhere. Where a homeless shelter is around here. <laughs> Uh, two things. One, it's a cartoon. Two, uh, people who are super rich ha- play by different rules. So either way, you're living in a fantasy world. Okay, fair. Uh, she ends up getting hit on the head by the uh, ringing bell of a Salvation Army worker. And she, they essentially, they get blown by like a, a hurricane force winds and essentially taken to us. Can we back up and talk about the fact that A... The Salvation Army are homophobes. Yep. And B, apparently they're yeah. anti-Semitic too, because that woman just like clocked <laughs> her. And you know, it, it you have to hit someone in the head pretty hard with one of those bells to make them uh, pass out for a long ass time like that. And if you're ringing a bell, don't you have to have some spatial awareness around you? You know, you you are wielding an Thanks. implement. You'd think. By the way, I I didn't even touch on this, but I very much appreciate a Christmas episode from a New York Jew. Like, I like that Fran Drescher was basically like, hey, you yeah. know what we should do? An animated Christmas special. And then the, the showrunners were like, oh, but you're Jewish? And she was like, don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's true, though. And we, we see so we know. We I mean, she's dressed up like she's dressed up like an elf in this. She's dressed up as Mrs. Claus. Like she's going full on Christmas time, and I I dig it. I like that she's I, I, she's going for it. I feel like her wearing kind of wild outfits was sort of a staple of the nanny TV show. Yeah, I yeah. Seem to have some memory of that. Yeah, she was very stylish. She's she's the lady in red when everybody else is wearing tan. Boom! There it is. I feel like I heard that in a song or something before. Uh, we know we're in Oz because there's a fun bit where the dog starts talking and she's just like, yo, the dog's talking. And then the bratty kid is like, dude, I didn't hear it. So it didn't happen. Typical white kid. And I, like that the do- I like that the dog has a similar accent. It's a te- that's some attention to detail. Loved it. And then the snowman starts talking, which the bratty kid hears. And I'm sure he has a name, but I didn't bother writing it down. I didn't care. Uh, and and the bratty kid is like, yo, that snowman talked. Holy shit. And friend Jersh is like, oh, sweet. So the dog talks. So you don't believe me. But the second a snowman talks, you know, like, oh, you discovered it, please. And I, I enjoyed that bit. You know, it was cute. <laughs> I will say that all of the uh, asides uh, uh, were another thing that like I none of them made me laugh. But I, I, I was watching. I was like. Oh, yeah, that was a well-crafted joke uh, in the context of the show. That makes total sense. I approve. They have done a good job. Yeah, look, uh, you watch yeah. enough comedy, <laughs> you know, you do enough comedy, and a lot of stuff stops being funny because you understand the clear formula of it all, and it's not exciting or new, right? Yeah, let, that's that's mainly my point about this show, is that I know we're we're cynical and we expect a lot out of shows these days, and, and you know, like, if it's not the good place with, with character growth and this and that, then, then who cares? But in the 90s, this was a good, well-written sitcom for what it was. Right. 
and, th- and they haven't stopped making shows like this one. Like there is sort of like there's sitcoms that try to stay pretty, you know, uh, uh, generic for lack of a better term. But there are sitcoms that try to just play to a certain audience and do the same kind of bits over and over again. And we will have them till the end of time because people watch them. Yeah. And then we have sort of those shows that try to do something a little bit different. And that's where you get the the last man on Earth, the good place. Um, you know, I would also Brooklyn Nine-Nine just as a different kind of a show, uh, even though yeah, it's a little bit more formulaic. That- the shows that the shows that uh, I enjoy more that uh, the ratings are terrible for because America yes. does not want to see those on network TV. Uh, uh, I think, b- b- like by comparison, for instance, I think The Good Place only ever did maybe a point four, whereas a rerun of The Neighborhood will net you a point nine. Uh, yep. So there's a reason that people <laughs> keep buying Chuck Lorre shows for for network TV. But yeah. but again, like that being said, again, Gina, you have to understand that uh, Cedric the Entertainer lost his pants, but then got locked out of his house. <laughs> so we what's have up, to, you know? we have to. If I if I end up working on the neighborhood at some point, we have to go back and scrub all these all these tapes. Or if I end up <laughs> working on a Chuck Lorre show, uh, but yeah, I think especially like you know, again for what it was, this was very. I mean, it's it, it's very like set it up you sort of know the joke. She's going to make a joke about her mom and then someone's going to say something worse. And she's going to say, that is my mom. But Mm -hmm. you know, that like my parents would love this. My parents would love it. It would make them laugh. Why would you say such mean things about your parents? (laughs) They raised you. Goodness. My parents love a Chuck Lorre show. They want nothing more than for me to write on a Chuck Lorre show. And, and, (laughs) and conversely did not get the good place. Didn't understand it. See, the number of yeah. normies I know who love the Big Bang Theory, it's like yeah. every normie I've ever met. I they, mean, it, like reg- guys, regular people love that show. I mean, nothing, nothing can touch those ratings. Nothing, nothing can come close to it. Same with same with things like Two and a Half Men shows that, you know, other other entertainment folks and writers and comedy shows folks will watch and want to blow their brains out. But that's what that's what Americans want. That's what sells, and that's and money talks. Yep, the nanny. <laughs> but I, but uh, again, I think the nanny was one of one of the better ones. Well, I, it was or, somewhat, or, or at least a middle of the road one that's not offensive. <laughs> the, the fact that it was female driven and female empowered to a point, I guess. Uh, I think I think does give give it a certain place, right? It just has to, because so many of these shows are just about a white dude, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Uh, plus, I mean, honestly, like, like the the pitch for this show, it's like nowadays. I feel like every every sort of new network show is, what if we took an unlikely pair and paired them up? But you know, back then it was like, all right, what if he's a stuffy like British widow, uh, and and she's selling makeup door to door, and his kids need a nanny. And she's the only thing that could sort of brighten their day. It's sort of like Sound of Music, but with fewer Nazis. Uh, slightly fewer Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I mean it's it's a real Mr. Belvedere. I don't I don't know oh, uh, what a. I, uh, I love that they, that there's we get a Mr. Belvedere reference like ten I seconds in. Was a huge Mr. Belvedere fan as a same, kid. Same, same. Yep. yep. And, and I did. I love the Mr. Belvedere reference. I'm not gonna lie. Man, 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 who cares? That's the only line that both of us know for sure. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> no one cares. No one dares. Oh, no one dares. I even got yeah. that part wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jesus, bone up on your theme song. Someone Gina. find us an animated Mr. Belvedere. Okay, I'll please don't, <laughs> don't. I'm gonna. What, yeah, I have to. Why find would it you? Now. Animated uh. Mr. Belvedere. Now, guys, uh, we just hit the criteria. You guys both sang together on the show, and I didn't. So everybody's happy right now. <laughs> I mean, we sort of we sort of mumbled words to a to a <clears throat> melody. <laughs> to be fair, that was the song. That's true. <laughs> it was mumblecore before that was a thing. Well, I didn't find an animated Mr. Belvedere. Okay, so moving forward, they no. you know there's a bunch of little bits happen back and forth. You know, they end up in Candyland in a chocolate river, and oh, then yeah. she bites. I, I mean, yeah. let me just say, I love, I love lands made of food. Uh, oh, I, I, bet I you love do. lands made of made of candy. I liked how this was animated. I thought, I thought it was very cute. Uh, her her outfits are very cute. The the fact that she's eating is it, like everything is very cute. Uh, it's a, a little adorable Candyland. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah, that's that's part of it is that you know, like a lot of the the humor was very you know mid nineties, like oh, I'm gonna look, I I can't eat this, or I'm gonna get fat, you know, that sort of thing. That <laughs> uh, thirty years later, you're just like oh, Jesus, make that stop, please. Oh, but like in terms later, of you're like, give me more of that, Chuck Glory. <laughs> In terms of just like straight up (laughs) joke construction, that all hangs. That's all legitimate. So, you know, yeah, like I I am not mad at it. It just it's just sort of like not, you know, uh, punching any of my buttons. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought they did a cute bit. She bites the leg of a candy cane, but it's a guy's leg. You know, oh, I'm sorry. I bit your leg. I was paying zero attention. Yeah. And and it's the it's the butler. Uh, What's his name? And he's playing. Elf is uh-huh. because uh, not only is he an elf, but he is also Elvis. Yeah, yeah. Curious if the, uh, I thought it was a fun bit. Whatever, you know. Curious if the actor actually had a an Elvis impersonation. It was like, oh, please, 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 please <laughs> let me play an Elvis. Uh, or if they were just like Elf Elvis, that's funny. Uh, hey, can you do a uh, uh, Elvis impersonation? Don't care. Do it. <laughs> just go. You only got to make it work for one line. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and a song. He gets to sing a song. Mm, that's true. Excuse mm. me, I do have that written down here. We'll be listening to that shortly. Uh, yeah. we, we we find out we're by Santa's house, and it's just like, oh, okay, we're going to Santa. We find out Cece. I don't remember who Cece was in the actual show, other than everybody hates her. So she's, so she's clearly she's an antagonist. Her ne- she's her. She's a uh, Fran Drescher's nemesis. So yeah, she's okay. basically, you know, like Fran, Fran Drescher. There was the there was the the very eighties and nineties sitcom thing of the two main characters have sexual tension. And Cece, but Cece also wanted to to land the land the British guy because he's very wealthy and he's a catch and blah blah blah. blah. But she has okay. she she has more like underhanded reasons. But I found out from the Wikipedia entry that she <laughs> she and the the butler guy end up yeah. in the in the series finale getting married. Yeah. That blew what? my mind because I read the same thing. I'm like, what is this? What? <laughs> How? Uh, but I, but you know what? I kind of like the fact that much like in this episode, like Cece is is not a likable character. She's always trying to thwart Fran Drescher and and sort of you know her her budding romance with the British guy. Uh, but she's never full on villain. Like she always she's always sort of redeemed. She's not like a, car- a cartoony villain. Like in this one, you know they. Fran Drescher figures out what she say. wants and gives it to her. Uh, Gina, I would argue that in this episode, she is a cartoony villain. 
Uh, yeah, I, but I mean, like, she's not, you know, like, like in the end, it's because she hasn't gotten a date in a while and blah, blah, blah. She's horny. Is she in, was, was she an incel? Yeah, yeah. And, and really, all they need is for one person to have sex with them, and then they won't mm. be so mad. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really uh, so it's what you're suggesting that, is women should should go and have sex with incels yeah. just to uh, save everybody. But only uh, the, the, the hottest five percent of women. That's what that's that's their duty to the world is to make sure there are no incels. Oh, Gina, don't mm-hmm. be gross. Top two percent. Come on, dude. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if Gina thinks that she is in the top ten percent. Or if she's explicitly made that number so that she wouldn't have to have sex with the incels. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not in that percent. I'm, I see. I'm oh. not. I'm. I'm. I'm maybe uh, top thirty. Go ahead and tweet <laughs> us with the hashtag Gina's in the top ten percent of hottest women in the world, or hashtag Gina is in the bottom ninety percent, <laughs> which is still okay. But the important thing is that she doesn't have to have sex with any gross incels. Yeah. Look, I would actually my, see Gina getting that, ready in the morning and saying, I'm going to put on these kind of schlubby sweatpants so I don't have to fucking incel today. My, well, look at me dropping from from 9% to 14 <laughs> just with the yep. sweatpants. Look, I'm my safe. confidence is great, but there are a lot of women in the world, and there are a lot of hot women in the world. Unless Name I'm three. skewed. Unless I'm Thank skewed. You. Ms. Pac-Man. Uh, oh, okay. uh, uh, one of the Kardashians. I'm not going to say which one. Serious- eating disorders <laughs> yeah but you know what uh, she's very brave for appearing nude in all those video games that's true Has- i mean she's wearing a bow brave. i mean chan let's put you in a bow <laughs> see if facebook takes the picture down <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and gina who's the third hot one sorry we cut you off <laughs> oh uh, you were busy giving us a list of- <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah. So it's Ms. Pac-Man, one of the Kardashians, and and, uh, the the lady on the um that that cereal box. Yep. Nope. Here's the deal. That all tracks. (laughs) The lady on the cereal box. I was trying to find a a lady that that was on a food box that wasn't racist. Yeah, that's what I heard you dancing <laughs> oh, around. Oh, that wasn't racist or wasn't a child. Because, like, immediately, if you're, like, woman on a food box, it's, like, Aunt Jemima, Little Debbie. Uh... The Morton Salt Girl. Come on. <laughs> Wait, Chan, do you eat Morton Salt for breakfast? Also, that's a child. Do you child. eat Morton Salt with milk <laughs> for cereal? You just said... <sighs> I don't. I don't. I do uh, no, not understand I, the criteria I, here. I just want like. a lady on food that isn't a child or a racist stereotype, but I'm drawing a blank. Hmm. Well, of course, the answer is uh, uh, Pebbles, but old Pebbles <laughs> from Fruity Pebble cereal. Old Pebbles. <laughs> Like the singer, I assume that old. Well, you don't want. I mean, if if there was a if there was a pop star named Old Pebbles, there I would I would buy every Pebbles. album. There's totally a pop star named Pebbles, and she's sexy. Yeah, but are they old? Are they old though? I mean, now they are now. Now she was like in the eighties. That's a great point. I'm with you. GI Joe will return after these messages. Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set. 
and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Ride Share Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, Give it up, Jimmy. you got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world, and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Cities don't get any bigger than this. I'm proud to be a native New Yorker. So- Fabulous city. Gorgeous park. Biggest little boutique. We've got the biggest building. <laughs> Ever wonder why New Yorkers have such big mouths? <laughs> because we eat big pizza, like a big New Yorker from Pizza Hut. 16 inches of real New York pizza dripping with cheese at a very un-New York price. $9.99. Honey, you should never give it away. The big New Yorker, new from Pizza Hut. It's beautiful. Now, back to G.I. Joe. Okay, so moving forward, <laughs> uh, we end up meeting Santa Claus. We meet Chris Kringle, and it's the it's the hot British dude uh, who's clearly just the hot British dude. And they're like, oh, you know, it's all an act with the beard and the fat and whatever. You're actually a good looking British dude. We need you to teach this brat the true meaning of Christmas. Could we have a song, please? Oi to the world, Chan. No. I'm assuming that you have it queued up. Let's go. I told we were going to be hearing it pretty soon. I thought that was enough time to set you up. I enjoyed it. I know. And I did not do that. You chose not to. (laughs) So we won't have a grow, but we're working out three feet of fun for Mr. Ho, 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 making toys for girls and boys. We're bringing joy to the world. I call it oi to the world. I like so, it. I mean, catchy, I was humming it around catchy. my around my kitchen while making dinner. I mean, also, it's kind of a send up of their own musically. It's a send up of their own theme song. It had a lot of the same notes and beats. What do you understand how no, music again, works? No, there were a lot of A's and uh, and B sharps. <laughs> so yeah, I, I get how that is. Uh, it's the same thing. How you made that <laughs> next. Thank you. Mm. So uh, uh, the kids start stealing, the brat kid starts taking bags of candy, bags of gifts, and he's just walking around with these giant sacks. It turns out this snowstorm that is in the real world, there's a bad snowstorm. That's part of the story. Is that there's, it's also happening in this fictional Oz world. So Christmas is going to be canceled because of weather. Mm-hmm. But Fran Drescher, the nanny, has a plan. Let's roll to the ice castle of Cece, who is the one causing the bad weather. Mm-hmm. Cut to commercial. No. And we're back. She's back in the castle with the dog. And she says, let's just turn up the thermostat to make her warmer. And then she'll be happy because she's warmer because she lives in a castle of ice. But if we if we heat it up, she'll 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 feel better. We'll be in a better mood. And sh- then everything is fine. Yeah, this is this is a good a good plan. And again, I like that it doesn't have to do with like murdering Cece or anything. It's just like, ooh, let's make her cozy, and then she'll be happy. Was there a murder plot at some point during the series? 
I mean, it went six seasons, so that's plenty enough time for them Can't to eventually six seasons without have a some hitmen. Yep. Yeah, I assume I'm at some point someone plotted to murder someone on that show. I assume Cece. I don't know. Put it out there. Uh, so, so they get caught and they get put in ice. And a cute bit. She said, you know, they're frozen in ice. They're saying, we got to heat you up. She's like, hold on. Show me a picture of Mel Gibson. Yeah. Who back then was hot and not known as a racist. Not an anti-Semitic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, openly. this doesn't age so well. This one here. But also, also does not. by the way, he just starred as Santa Claus in some movie with uh, Walton Goggins. I uh, saw that. Um, not sure not sure what to make of it. Uh, not sure I'm even allowed to say uh, bad things about it, just in case, you know, like uh, Walton hears this. Like, he's like, I wonder what my writers do on their off time. Oh, uh, one of them has a podcast. Let's <laughs> listen in. What is this man saying about my career choices? He's a very sweet guy who uh, believes the best in people. That's that's sure. what I'll say. Yeah. Wow. You just said a lot right there. All positive. <laughs> Let me just put it out there for the sake of everything. Okay, so uh, we find out that uh, she invites them to a, a uh, she invites Cece to a cocktail party uh, because, you know, who is who doesn't enjoy a cocktail party? Why are you oh, emphasizing hey. cock so much, Ray? Yeah, it's weird. You sh- I guess I'm horny too, just the like The way Cece. you're saying uh, it is very weird. <laughs> hold on, I do want to back up a little bit because there are a Jeez. couple of things. There's one running gap. I, I mean, there's two mentions of it. Uh, that she gets this way every twenty eight years. What was that? Yeah, about? I, um, I was trying. I was trying to figure that out too. I mean, I'm not, there's nothing to figure out. It's a friggin' uh, uh, PMS joke. Uh, but then they bring it up again, and the uh, uh, the butler's like, "Oh yeah, she's very regular." And I'm like, "That seems either risque or just weird, mildly misogynist, or is it just the '90s and that was like." We got to slot a PMS joke into every um, animated uh, special that we have. Yeah, I, but I was also trying to figure out, is it because she's like on the show, she's supposed to be 28 years old? Like, I, like it just seemed like it, it needed it, it needed some sort of double. I guess it would be triple meaning because I was just like, oh, is this so this is like a period joke, but it can't be every 28 days, obviously. So it has to be every 28 years. Yeah. But it's just a strange, yeah, it's a strange oh. series of jokes, I thought. When he said she's very regular, I thought I just assumed it was a poop joke at that point. And she only poops every 28 years? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Ray, what, how do you know how pooping works? <laughs> I don't know oh, how weather God. patterns poop, Chan. Oh, they God. might have a totally different scale than I do. Ray, you have 28 years worth of poop built up in you. That explains a lot. It explains wow. a lot of what I say on this show. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> So and anyway, we have turned, a cocktail no. party. <laughs> yes, Chad. All right, never mind. Uh, no, no, I had some uh, sick burn ready to deliver no, down on it, you. Know what? I'm going to let it, it go because that's how I. That's how I. That's how I work. Yeah, uh, the other thing, <laughs> the other weird thing, um, is the uh, the dog who Fran tells like uh, let let me know uh, if the witch whatever shows up and whistle, but of course the dog can't whistle. Oh, so okay. what the dog does is whine. But did you hear what the dog was whining? No. No. Oh, yeah. The Aloha song. Will you stop fooling around? But then, 
Well, you can't. It- Pava Nagila, which like. Oh, is that what that was? <laughs> it was just like a real, real, <laughs> just like <laughs> subtle thing uh, that I was like. I like you know it. That's kind of fun. Yeah. That's kind of fun. Like what, what would a dog be singing to be like real uh, inconspicuous and whatnot? Uh, the Aloha song and then Hava Nagila. Why not? Yeah, I like it. It adds it adds a little something. Yeah, and, and, and not a lot, the, but just a little. You guys saw the end credits. That 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 must have been uh, Maurice Lamarche was in this episode. Very famous, top level voice actor. I have to assume he played the dog because I don't know who else he would have played on this. Yeah, because it's the only character who's not uh, regularly on the show. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. That's fun because <laughs> I didn't think he had that kind of range. Shame on me. He has the best range. You know, yeah, he's fucking Maurice LaMarche. Why would you Maurice think LaMarche. that? I always think of him as having a little deeper voices and not the high pitched ones. You know, I, I but obviously he I mean, is more talented than I, I could even imagine. How many friggin animals does Frank Welker play? And well, yet Frank he Welker is a machine is like, yeah, one of the uh, has the biggest voices in the history of anything. Anything. <laughs> yeah. Anything. It's crazy. Anything. 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 Cocktail party. So we're at the cocktail party, <laughs> and uh, CC shows up and blows away everything. So I'm like, well, that was a waste of time. Uh, and then, and then there was a weird bit where Fran Drescher says, "I'm off to see my secret admirer." But no, if you want to fuck him, I'll introduce what you. What? That's not what, is, what she I, said. That's what I got out of it. You, no, t- Gina. God damn it, Ray. You know, uh, you know when you on the SATs and the PSATs and on tests, you have to take reading comprehension, where it's like. What did what did they say at this part when you know this character is painting a fence? You well, it didn't make sense to me. This makes sense why those. it didn't make sense to no, me. No, she first of all, she throws the cocktail party because she has a plan to yes. take care of Cece. And then Cece shows up and is like, Oh god, stupid, stupid cocktail party. And Fran says, oh, okay, geez, calm down. I I have no idea why your secret admirer has a crush on you. And that makes oh. Cece go, wait, what? I have a secret admirer. And she's a, and Fran Drescher goes, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know why either. Blah, blah, blah. I, oh, because I, I thought she was saying how, she was going to go see her secret admirer. What are you talking about? Why that would makes that be no sense. I, I didn't think it made sense. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> Guys, I talk, I talk through these things. <laughs> it drives, it drives my wife crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I think that this is the thing with the thing. No. Oh, I see what you're saying. That's that's us watching TV together. Anyway. Well, she you could have in- also just rewound it in like the two seconds uh, and then you would have been I, like, I, oh, I that's not what she said at all. I wasn't no. invested in this. I'd rather be confused for the sake of the show. <laughs> no. Look, Gina, uh, at least at me that not point understanding I- something, this is on brand. Uh, but th- And this bit with the secret admirer is uh, is actually... I I enjoyed this. And also I thought she was lying because I was thinking, oh, she doesn't have a secret admirer. So she's just lying to distract her. But again, I like they went with the nicer version that she actually did find someone to set CC up with. Let's just go ahead and put nice and air quotes if we could, please, because Rain Man does not age well either. Um, The exploitation of uh, people on the uh, autism spectrum. Not so great. That movie uh, won an Oscar, Chan. So did yeah, I. So did Crash. <laughs> uh, but I, I enjoyed this bit. I thought, I thought, oh, okay, they, they got, 
because she says to her, yes, your secret admirer is handsome, available, and also a weather. Uh, and, and I thought that was funny. And I thought that it was funny that it turned out to be Rain Man. And so Rain Man and Storm and CC Storm Clouds uh, decide to take a stroll around the earth. I loved it. I mean, bit. it was good. It yeah. was a good bit. Uh, so everything's getting better now. Uh, one thing I pointed out, and one thing I noticed here, it seemed like Fran Drescher in particular, the sound of her voice lines was bad. Like it felt like they didn't know how to record like audio because they just they just didn't know how because half of her line sounds like she's in a closet and the other half sound good. I mean, yeah, they don't been... have uh, they didn't have microphones back in the mid nineties. <laughs> uh, they used an elaborate system of pulleys. Uh, <laughs> To, yeah, to get tubes. The I think it yeah. was just the quality of the the version that we watched. Yeah, you think it would because like the yeah. rest of it sounded fine, and then every so often there'd be a Fran Drescher line that just sounded like butt, and I was just like, Jesus, did, did you like? Did, I know recording VO and recording specifically audio in a cartoon setting is completely different than being on set and getting good sound there. I was wondering if they just didn't have the skill set on hand to to do it right. They just did what they could do. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I think you're wrong. This is a safe bet that you're wrong. <laughs> I guess anytime I've ever asked that question out loud, mm-hmm. it's always that I'm wrong. Yeah. It's weird how that happens, huh? <laughs> I got to stop asking that question out loud. No, I think you should probably keep doing that just so yeah. you're reminded yeah. about Thankfully, how you're generally I'm, wrong. Eventually Thankfully, you'll I've get got, it. Guys, I've got t-shirts that tell me otherwise, so I'm totally fine. <laughs> so... <laughs> That you made. That you made. Uh, that is that is a uh, uh, libel, sir. Thank you. Slanderous. How dare you? Uh, <laughs> so uh, it's now time for Christmas to happen. We make uh, there's some reindeer jokes, which uh, you know I don't th- I don't know much like the the Mel Gibson joke and the Rain Man joke. Maybe didn't age as well with the flamboyantly gay <laughs> Broadway dancer uh, reindeer. Right. Oh, I also yeah. enjoyed this bit. I also enjoyed this bit. It was cute, but it was a little cringy. I mean, I'll say a little cringy because you also had uh, the the super Jewish reindeer as well. I, which also, I also enjoyed that bit. Also, Fran yeah, Drescher is allowed to make as many of those jokes as she wants. I mean, that's true. That's uh, and true. it's 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 blintzes. So it's it's not like uh, yeah, uh, I'm Jewy McJewishteen, the Jewish reindeer or anything like that. Yeah, it's like I, a, I thought the play on words was cute. <laughs> Instead of blitzen, it's blintzes, and, oh, and that was cute. He, he's yeah. he's wearing a yarmulke, and I thought it was it was a cute way for her to incorporate her holiday into the episode. Fair enough. Uh, so we go wow, to uh, way to deliver other, gifts. Uh, Fran Drescher. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. That's fine. Uh, we go to deliver gifts around the around the world. We do it. We finally land. Finally, at the end, we land at the homeless shelter down the street. And of course, we I miscalculated. I don't have gifts for these kids. And in my head, I was like, Santa should just been like, well, fuck them. They're poor. But uh, they decided yeah. not to go that way. <laughs> and that's instead, what he does normally. I, I mean, I, I mean, poor. Real. Here's the thing. You could also choose to look at it as Santa actually did have presents, but he wanted he wanted the spoiled kid to step up. Gina, that was the point. So no, so it was all a long con. I'm not I'm just not convinced that that was the point. I think it was a happy accident. It was a long con. Are you saying that Santa you saying that Santa was Kaiser Sose? Yeah, is that the whole was. point he of this? With, he walked with a limp the whole time. The greatest. Did Brian Singer watched this and was like, "I'm going to turn this into a movie." Yeah, the greatest trick Santa ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Thank you, thank mm-hmm. you. 
This all holds. So the, the bratty kid who I've already forgotten about, but now he's back again because he's the message of the show. Uh, he says, no, I want to give my gifts to the homeless kids. Uh, here you go. Kids have my stuff. Lesson yeah. learned. Yay. <laughs> Unlike the Berenstein Bears episode, the actual lesson intended is the lesson learned at the end. And that at least made me happy. Yeah, I like mean, I we said, get to it from a roundabout, a little bit of a roundabout way, but but it, it all in all, this is a a well a well structured episode of Christmas TV, re- reasonably yeah. crafted. <laughs> yeah, it it is it is uninspired but very well crafted. Uh, so there you go. I mean, there it is. So then uh, they fall out of the sleigh as they're flying away and we come back to the real world and we go and she's like, oh man, none of that happened. Crap. So they end up going back inside where the the dad is like, we're all going to go to the homeless shelter and bratty kid who, you know, wasn't there for the lesson learns the lesson anyway in the real world. And he says, let's bring all my toys. I'm going to give them all away to the kids. Let's go. Ha ha. Yeah. It's a Christmas miracle. And even and and they do the they do the thing that that they always do in episodes where it, it's a dream where it's was it a dream? Mm. Mm. There it is. But what is reality, reality was. man? Let me let me tell you, holiday episodes these days of sitcoms are extremely difficult to write because just in in discussing them, I've worked now on two. Uh, two sitcoms that there there was a a both holiday episodes involved, and the first discussion that is had in the room is, well, what hasn't been done? Uh, because with holiday episodes, almost everything has has been done. That's why the community one was so great because it was so weird. Uh, but you know, this is it's a very by the books episode but it's not it's not terrible they don't make it overly saccharine you know they they put a little message in there but it's not like the kid doesn't cry and say like oh my god orphans without presents uh he's just like cool i learned this lesson let's go and so i you know i again i think this was this was i'll never watch it again but it was well structured yeah I didn't have any Huzzah problem for structure. <laughs> like, I appreciate a good structure as much as the next guy. <laughs> and it was, I mean, this is a perfectly acceptable episode of television. I think like if you were to put my quote on the nanny box set, race to Cadis of knowing us half the podcast said a perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Through the medium. And again, that's it, it's hard. It's hard to do. It's hard. So, you know, like mediocrity is, a, is something to be celebrated here. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Here's the thing: we could have we could have been watching the Lilo and Stitch Christmas special, but somebody oh. is real snooty about Disney movies, and apparently, <laughs> look what even, I consider even, to be the best Disney movie. Gina's like, even you said the cartoon version of it is terrible. No, wait a minute. I wasn't going to say out loud who the person is that hates Disney on this show, but it's clearly <laughs> the person who doesn't have a three year old. look here's the thing the the ironic thing is no one loves disney out of this group more than i do i'm sitting in my apartment right now staring at no fewer than about 50 christmas disney decorations i got freaking chip and dale nutcrackers this year that i am very excited about and they're both wearing scarves one one patrick swayze and one uh, chris farley 
Yeah, I see what you did there. Yeah, confused. Yep. Uh, I was gonna go for the uh, like uh, uh, whose nuts did you crack with them? Uh, oh, okay. But I could see where you would uh, okay. you would you would make that reference to a twenty five year old SNL <laughs> sketch. Guys, we're watching a twenty five year old episode of television. I think it all holds up. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, you're not wrong. I'll give you that one for free. <laughs> Just putting it out there. So 1995's <laughs> The Nanny, Oi to the World animated special, uh, suggested by Brian Rapp uh, from our Patreon. So, uh, Brian, thank you so much for the suggestion. I don't think I mentioned it earlier. Uh, uh, appreciate it. Uh, the folks on Patreon, we're, we're getting some stuff together to send to you. So we're going to try to get some gifts out that may or may not show up before the holiday, may or may not show up before <laughs> the end of the year. We're really bad Look, at this, but gosh, we're trying. We did order them, and if they show up, then, you know, who knows? Maybe you'll, also, maybe you'll have something in your stocking. Also, I feel like we could use more uh, holiday episode suggestions of, of things that, that we haven't done before, right? Absolutely. Now, we have a couple more. The Lilo and Stitch was another suggestion off of the, uh, the Patreon, but uh, I'm sorry, person who suggested it. Gina hates it. <laughs> uh, she flat out refuses. She goes, I, I Disney, I, I wipe my it. ass with that shit. I didn't say I hated it. It's just not my favorite of the Disney movies. Uh, but it is Chan's absolute favorite. And I've never seen Lilo and Stitch. But so. even Chan said that when it comes to the show, it's not good. And not that we want good, but it's it, like I, I would imagine it's not like we either. I feel like we either want real bad or, you know, I feel like that one might just be a nothing burger. I like that you say it's not that good. I just really immediately wanted to follow up with. And next week we've got Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling Christmas special. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Though I feel like I feel like Lilo and Stitch Christmas would be like this was fine, but I guess that's what we had this week too. This was fine. This is fine. Hey, we got to you talk about is- '90s sitcoms, and I think that's different, but still close enough to what we do. I mean, I I say it. I've said it many times that we still have not done. What is it? Pac-Man Christmas or Cube uh Rubik we've Christmas? Done, we've, done, we've done Pac-Man's Christmas before. What about <laughs> Rubik's Christmas? We've done we Rubik's, done Rubik's Christmas, Christmas too. Christmas. Yep. Oh. Yeah. We've done a you lot of Christmas. You want to go back to our archives and and listen to some of our old episodes cuz hey, no, you know I want to see the spreadsheet. <laughs> All right, guys, Gina, we're going to work when you this. make the spreadsheet, <laughs> yeah. the spreadsheet will exist. Yeah, uh, I'll, Gina, make, I'll, I'll make the spreadsheet. Everyone can contribute to it. <laughs> what is this? A potluck dinner? Potluck dinner in the age of COVID. Everybody donate to my spreadsheet. <laughs> it's happening. Uh, anyway, guys, this is that. That was the episode. That's our show. That's the nanny. Oi to the world. Uh, thank you so much for listening out there. I got some links to throw at you. Well, okay. Before we do that, though, Chan, I believe we have something to do here. Yeah, we do. It's the theme song throwdown. We are here with our guest Patreon subscriber, Channing Sherman. Channing, how you doing, man? Hey, great. Happy to be here. Fantastic. Are you prepared to judge this thing fairly and evenly? I am prepared to be as impartial as possible. Okay, we'll see. Uh, I have not told you yet who you got, so we'll see. Uh, I'm afraid. Here we go for the uh, uh, first song. It's the X-Men. Uh, 
Okay, I'm excited. Previously. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh Growing up, was that uh, was that your jam? Oh yeah, that was that song, that intro. That was my notice that it was about to go down. Um, X Men <laughs> cartoon, huge fan of it. Um, it actually got me into X Men comics. Um, I wasn't big into the X Men line. I read nice. a lot of Marvel's GI Joe and Transformers. Okay, and then the cartoon came along, and when I went back and read the comics, that cartoon was. Uh, very faithful to the comic uh, book material. But it, yeah, that song, yeah. it's hard for a song in this competition that doesn't have lyrics to make it. But mm. that song is just like, I can just play the first couple of notes from that almost anywhere and people will get excited. Do <laughs> you go to piano bars and just like, and watch people jump up and start freaking out? You have just um, given me a new goal now. <laughs> that now in my case it'll probably be i don't I haven't been to a piano bar in a while but i do have access to uh my old church organ oh, so maybe yeah. i'll just sneak in on one sunday <laughs> and just just mess the congregation up totally um <laughs> <laughs> and so the lord say i gave you my only my x-men <laughs> Okay. But yeah, it so, is a, it is a great song, and it it's tied to that cartoon for life. Uh, and that's going up against Muppet Babies. Ooh. Man, why do you hate me? (laughs) Watching this again, I feel like this is the cartoon theme song equivalent of Paul's Boutique. Uh, Maybe maybe like the entire cartoon series, because like there's there's a friggin TIE fighter that is, you know, like uh, blasting people in this. Mm -hmm. And um, like you're not going to be able to get Lucasfilms to give you that kind of footage for a children's cartoon these days. It'd be too expensive. Just like Paul's Boutique, like there's all these samples and the thing would have cost a billion dollars to make nowadays. Um, But uh, before before, you know, they got litigious about it, like they got away with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like um, some of these wrestlers, especially in um, ECW, that used to use actual songs for their intro. Yeah. It yeah, makes me no. so sad uh, watching the pay-per-views now with, like, generic music. Like, that should be fucking Enter Sandman. Yes. What is going on here? Yes, I was thinking the same thing. And there's a guy now, when he wrestled in Japan, I think he came out to, um, oh, geez, Shaka Khan. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, this yeah. is what I want to see. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
but more yeah, Shaka these, Khan in wrestling. Yes, yes, I think we should do that. You know what? Vince McMahon doesn't do much right, but maybe if he did that, it would put him on the road to redemption. <laughs> maybe. Uh, so how about Muppet Babies? How does that uh, factor into your growing up? Whew. Uh, that's another one that I watched a lot of. Um I'm the youngest of four kids, and there's a pretty big age gap between my next closest brother and I, I think about nine years, give or take. So I spent okay. a lot of time just watching cartoons by myself because, mm-hmm. you know, they were they had gotten too cool for that. Um, yeah. So, yes, a lot of Muppet Babies. These songs are polar opposite. That X-Men song, It Makes You Want to Fight. The yeah. Muppet Baby song, it just makes you happy. Yep. yep. It just makes you want to go play. It's a very cheerful kind of song and i hate to say it but it's actually a song that we need right now in 2020 we've been finding that as we've been going through the tournament like uh like gina was giving us crap for uh choosing sailor moon over batman but like ray and i were both just like we just want to be happy yeah (laughs) the darkness is fine but uh (laughs) just give us a little joy yeah i i would have voted the same way with that one um the problem with the Batman song, I say the problem, it is so tied to the cartoon. You have yeah. to have that visual to really go along with it. Whereas, again, I mentioned um, King Arthur, the King Arthur song. That stands on its own. Yeah. 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 That, yeah that, that's that's kind of my thing with that. Um, uh, but here, yeah, like, like X-Men, uh, were you seeing the visuals as uh, it was going along in your head? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and matter of fact, the visuals for me are much shorter because I'm one of those guys, Gambit is my favorite X-Man. So you could just Mm. give me that song with just clips of Gambit and I'd be happy. (laughs) Just him just pulling out the cards, charging them up. (laughs) I I would be happy. Yeah, Yeah, again, when that song comes on, I'm picturing two groups of mutants running toward each other head on, Gambit throwing his cards, Storm summoning clouds by uttering like a two paragraph soliloquy um. <laughs> <laughs> oh the good old days and like i i haven't seen the comics in a while but i imagine it's probably still the same in the space <laughs> of time it takes one person to throw a punch you've got like a, a paragraph and a half of dialogue that's happening yes, yes. Oh, the good old days <laughs> yes especially uh, if apocalypse is involved <laughs> uh, interestingly i believe um I'm I'm just looking at the uh the old bracket. I believe I voted against both of these songs. Really? So I have no um I have no dog in this fight. Uh hmm. I mean I like them both. Mm-hmm. Um uh I liked others better. Um so you know, like it's it's on you now, man. Like you have to tell me uh which of these is the better cartoon theme song? Out of all the votes and all the elections, this is the <laughs> one that depends on me. <laughs> really? Okay. I, mean, I can think of some better ones, but okay. I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna tell you your business, but you know, like the fate of the world depends on this. Oh man. You know, this one's probably gonna get me some hate, but <laughs> I gotta go Muppet Babies. Oh, it's 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 just a vibe. It's a very happy song. Um, mm. It's got lyrics, and again, it's hard for songs without lyrics, no matter how good they are, to really <laughs> do well in a in a competition like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. and again, I think just the whole mindset. Like I said, X Men, it makes you want to fight, makes you think about war. 
segregation, depression, <laughs> Muppet babies. You're having fun. You're using your imagination. You're hanging out with friends. You're yeah. using your crib as a TIE fighter, kind of like you said. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I got to go Muppet Babies. And I think also, going back to the whole youngest of four, I had to use my imagination a lot. Oh, yeah. So I kind of got to give it to the Muppet Babies for that. It hurts because, again, <laughs> love X-Men and everything that cartoon did, but I got to go Muppet Babies. So what I'm hearing you saying is that you prefer the uh, the throwback vibe of the 50s with the doo-wop and the imagination <laughs> to the 60s where, you know, uh, like civil rights uh, were, were being uh, fought for and the uh, uh, country is moving forward. You want to, uh, I don't know, make America great again is what you're telling me. <laughs> oh, no. M- Muppet, Muppet, Muppet America great again. Oh, no, I haven't <laughs> voted yet. Now I have to rethink everything. <laughs> have to rethink everything I stood for. <laughs> uh, your reasoning is sound, though. Uh, all kidding aside. Well, most kidding aside. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. I guess that means that Muppet Babies is moving on in the tournament. Thank you very much, Channing Sherman. I appreciate your diligence and your wisdom. Um, <laughs> is there any place you, you want to send people to uh, look you up on the Internet if they want to find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on the interwebs um, in a couple of places. I think the best place to look, though, would probably be um, on Twitter. I've got a little group called the Black Geeks of Dragon Con, and you Ooh. can find us on Twitter at DC Black Geeks. Um, again, it's uh, dedicated to just kind of diversity and sci-fi, cosplay, cartoons, comics, that whole nine um, so that's a good place. Uh, we're on Facebook at the same thing, Black Geeks of Dragon Con. Awesome. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Wow. How cool was that, guys? What an episode of round two and or three. I want to say three. Don't know. Let's say three. Round three, unless it wasn't. <laughs> anyway, we have some links here for you. So we've got... <laughs> We've got our uh, Facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast to join our Facebook group, Patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. For $5 a month, you can get access to our super secret vault. Listen to every Christmas episode we've ever done. They're all in there. There's over between four and 500 episodes in there. And Probably more now. I've got more them, to upload. When you listen to them, make us a spreadsheet. Yeah. If somebody <laughs> wants to go into, please don't do this. If somebody wants to go into the super secret vault and then make a spreadsheet for us, Gina would appreciate it. And literally no one else would. Maybe that's all you need. Maybe that's all you need out of it for you to want to do it. You know but what? Don't I guarantee you, if I actually made a spreadsheet with all of our episodes in it and the date that we recorded and the date that it aired and what, we will never what know that. it was about, about two years from now, one of you, probably Chan, would say, you know, I crapped on Gina at first for doing this whole thing and think thought it was a waste of time, but it's really come in handy. I mean, sure. But you can also check us out on Twitter at G.I. Joe Podcast. Check out at Prez Serpentor, uh, Pre- uh, Prez with a Z. Serpentor, of course, elected the Cobra Emperor, elected president of the United States and is surprised in the 2016 election. It seems like his term is coming to an end pretty soon. 
But who knows? Oh, no. Who knows? There's lawsuits. It might. It, we might get four more years. We might get twenty more years of Serpentor. Who even knows anymore? I mean, also he oh, could no. run again in four more years. I think. I think we might have to uh, have Serpentor keep going. I think we need to look in on this universe even after the uh, inauguration happens in January. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, you can hit me up individually. I am at Almighty Ray. At 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. And you should follow all of us. What are you doing? If you're at this point in the show and you don't already follow us all on Twitter, what is wrong with you? Like, seriously, as Michael Jordan would say, stop it. Get some help. I mean, I assume they have better things to do with their time. Right? They got they got to this section of this show. <laughs> they that's, they don't that's Chan. true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You should definitely have stopped by now and just moved on to the next podcast. I can't believe anybody, uh, quite frankly, listens to this section. Uh, here's the deal: secret message for all you people that are still listening. Hashtag. Oh, oh, what is it, Gina? You got a hashtag for me? I, I was gonna say hashtag butts, but okay. There we go, guys. Just uh, hashtag butts at us, and we'll know that you're one of the select few who's still with us. If you if you tweet hashtag butts <laughs> to all three of us, put it put it on one tweet so that like uh, oh, please yeah uh, we we all see it. I will send you a a an eight by ten glossy signed by all three of us. I will send it in the real honest to goodness mail. Do we have eight by ten glossies? But you gotta. Tweet. I didn't say what the eight by ten glossy was of. I haven't oh, figured it okay. out yet. You know? Wait, tweet tweet That's... at all three of us and the end the knowings have the podcast account, right? Oh yes, please do that one too. Yes. I mean, who cares about that one, frankly? Well, I, here's the deal. If it I'll doesn't have my it, name they... on it, I won't see it. Look, I get tagged in a lot of stuff, so please, yes, tag it at GI Joe Podcast and guarantee I see it. That would be ideal. <laughs> Uh, otherwise, good night, everybody. Eight by tens of porn stars or something. I don't know what Chan's got locked away. Jesus, why are you making it gross, dude? What do you have eight by tens of? Now I want to know. Who doesn't <laughs> just have eight by ten glossies of random things? I think I've got a Wonder Years one around here from when I was little. Shit, did I of keep who? my old headshots? Of Fred Savage of, or of, of, uh, of the, Kevin? Of all the main cast, the main cast. Was it signed by anybody? I can't remember. I think it was one of those things of like you write to them and then they send you something and it's signed by someone, but you're it's probably not really them. <laughs> Is Guys, that what you I, do, Chena? I may have thrown them away, but if I could find my old headshots, that's what you're getting. Oh, God. Yes. Ooh. My 20 year old headshots. I, you know huh? what? I've also oh got goodness. old headshots laying around somewhere. You might okay. you might get that's... old headshots. <laughs> Here's the deal. That's Dude. the 8 by 10 you're kidding. Okay. Here's Someone's the thing. Headshot. I think I might as well. I think <laughs> all three of us may have old headshots. So if you've made it this far in the podcast, oh, congratulations. Hashtag butts. Hashtag and butts. we will send you whatever old <laughs> headshots we can <laughs> find of ourselves. Find. You deserve it. You deserve it. You're one of the chosen few. <laughs> all right. Goodbye, everybody. This far, we love you. That the girl we prescribed was just exactly what the doctor prescribed. Now the father finds a beguiling one child CC, and the kids are actually smiling. Such one of she's the lady in red when everybody else is wearing tan. The flashy girl from Flushing, the nanny named Fran. 
it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found.